I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, April 13, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Overall, the market was rather quiet today, even though we had the potential, remind you, potential for a bigger or larger down day, but they didn't do that. They chose not to do that. We're going to take a look at that. That may be part of a bigger storyline. What exactly is that storyline? Well, we're going to get into some of the intraday charts. We're going to take a look at some divergences. We're going to take a look at some possible shenanigans. And then we'll unpack the rest of it. And we'll have a pretty good beat on what's going on next. What's going to play into the next, not only several days, but really the next several weeks is earnings season. Earnings season gets kicked off Tuesday morning. Now, remember, earnings are going to be a little bit touch and go. Companies were shut down, in part shut down, in total shut down. Earnings got cut short out of the quarter, meaning most of March was nothing doing. And even before that, based on what parts of the country they had operations and sales and whatnot... They have slowed down and an unnatural slowdown baked into the cake. Now, how do we treat that? We really don't care. Whatever the market decides to do with whichever company reports earnings, whether they send the stock up or they send the stock down, it doesn't make any difference. What do we do with it? If it makes our criteria, it goes on the board on stocks on the move inside the numbers. Do we like earnings season? We love earnings season. Volatility is a trader's best friend. When do we get the most volatility? When a black swan event occurs like we had with the coronavirus or earnings season. Four times a year for several weeks, usually about five, six, seven weeks, we really get a barrage. We get some volatility. We get opportunity just about each and every day, all you can eat. Let's focus on the daily chart of the spider and let's talk about the first thing that jumps off the page. Let's kind of reset the clock a little bit. It's Monday. We had three days off. We need a refresher. So in large part, we have a nice, healthy, tremendous rally off the bottom. We were expecting that. Remember, we called it the rip your face off rally. We had the rip your face off rally. The easy money was made off the bottom. Now... We're approaching what could be, would be, may very well be resistance areas to the market. Now, there's a couple of things going on. So here's where you really need to sit down, grab a cup of coffee. Maybe it's a Jack Daniels, whatever your fancy is. And let's pick apart the market because there's a couple of possible scenarios going on. We're going to continue with what jumps off the page at me. So here's what we've got. We've got the 281. That was already resistance. It's no longer as important as it once was. So therefore, if the market does continue up in the northern direction, for example, on Tuesday, 281 isn't necessarily going to be what it was last week. Why is that? Because it already was last week. Doesn't mean it can't or won't be resistance, but it's not the same the second go around. Then up above, we have 288.50. We also have a 50-period moving average, and we have the window to a gap. 
So we have a gap left open from the closing price on the 6th of March to the opening price on the 10th, which was a Monday. So we have this window here. We'll call it the window of opportunity that coincides with the 50-period moving average. Now, the 50 will be a moving target. It's a moving average. So by definition, it moves along with the days of the week. So that's what's up above. Let's talk for a second about what's down below. And what is that line at 270.50? It wasn't there the other day. How come you haven't explained it yet? Hold your horses. I'm going to explain it in a moment. Let's go back to something we talked about after the market closed on Thursday. What I said was that the 281 and the fact that the market put in the pseudo doji candle and the fact that it was on time, time is more important than price. And there was even a fourth reason why we called it a full stack. All those reasons put together was a pretty good opportunity for the market to have a pullback. Fair enough. I also said that I wouldn't be surprised if they continue higher. Again, not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I'll get to that in a moment because I still think that's a possibility. I think there's two sides to the coin that can be played here over the next several days. Let's drill down a little bit and go see some other charts. We'll start with the hourly chart and you also see again the 270.50. Now, Inside the numbers members, me, for inside the numbers members, was looking for 270.50 early on this morning. What was the low of the day? 271.41. So they came within a dollar and traded away. They didn't hit my number. So today, my number was incorrect. And that wasn't the only time. We'll get to that later also. But here's what we were looking for. We were looking for the morning low, the mid-morning low, the mid-morning pivot, the late-morning low or late-morning pivot. Somewhere in mid to late morning, we were looking for a low. It would have been perfect if it was at 270.50, but yet we were still looking for the low. All right, so we have that on the page. They didn't quite come down as far as I thought they would early in the day. They ended up trading away, but what's really on the board? What are they really doing? And we're going to take a look at inside the numbers in a moment. But what they started to do after they made the first candle of the day, which was a nice big breakdown candle, they basically started treading water. They were in a chop shop formation, just going sideways back and forth. What is that? That is creating a bearish flaggish pattern. So it's like this. Here's the down move from the close last week. And we were just going sideways and under normal garden variety market conditions, this will resume in another move down. However, they end up going in the other direction late in the day. Not a surprise. Again, we have resistance points. We know our numbers. We're going to take a look at inside the numbers in a minute, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I want to circle back to the daily chart and want to finish a thought that I didn't finish before. And by the way, that happens all the time. You just don't know it happens most of the time because I don't talk about it and I don't circle back because I actually forget. No fear, you get all the good and juicy data. We were on the daily chart and I said, I don't mean to talk out of both sides of my mouth. And my point is, is that the 50 period moving average and the reason why I suggested that we shouldn't be surprised if we see them jam the market up into the 50 period moving average and it's still on the table. The reason is, A, it's magnetic. 
that gap window up at 288.50 is magnetic the closer price gets doesn't mean they have to get there it's an awareness that we have to have if you see the market trading higher most people turn on the tv and they look for a piece of news why is the market up and they hear whatever it is then they have to associate or tie those things together they tie the rise in price to whatever the news event is at the day that the pundits decided is what that does most of the time is it gives us a false sense of what's actually going on what's actually going on from a technical perspective is price is headed to a destination once it gets to the destination it generally makes one of two decisions it's either going to stop for a cup of coffee and hang out for a while eat some time off the clock which is also known as running sideways the second option is to stop short turn around and go back in the other direction some of you out there are saying well wait there's a third option which is cut through that price like a hot knife through butter and i would say no that's not a third option because if that happens then i had the price wrong i had the destination wrong my point is when they get to a destination one of two things is going to happen not the third thing because if the third thing happens that wasn't the destination the destination was somewhere else so my point was that it was an awareness that they could and still could or could have jammed the market up into the 50 period moving average before even pulling back they were strong all week long had a tremendous week they could have done the same leading into monday they didn't do it fair enough just bringing out both sides of the market we must be the umpire let's get back in our lane on the hourly chart and let's discuss where i was going with this now's the right time to bring over inside the numbers i'm going to let you read i'm going to talk through a little bit of the commentary most of it i want you to read on your own if you're interested at all in inside the numbers you'll read it if you're not you'll skip it and that's the best way to approach it trying not to waste anybody's time i do however want to point out a couple of salient things don't you like that word salient when's the last time you heard that word go ahead and take a peek at the pre-market notes i'll give you the whole ball of wax right here and then we'll take a look at stocks on the move as well now one of these two stocks hit their price objective today it was caterpillar and what i'll say is that when we look at the chart it will look like it didn't work the problem was that it worked for a split second the stock gave a dollar bounce then it went lower and it never really came back it never really did the thing that it's intended or the stocks on the move list or the stocks on the stocks on the move list they're intended to do it didn't really do the thing it had a bounce it had a dollar bounce but it really did go lower we'll take a look at the chart and talk through it a little bit in a minute let's get back up to the commentary and see what happened the first thing we really want to take note of is where the resistance points were in the market where the suggested resistance points were where the failure points were where the ball got fumbled by the bulls trying to have a rescue operation or recovery early in the morning keep in mind the market gap down sunday night they could have killed the market they could have absolutely send it down a ton they didn't do that and they tried a rescue operation in the morning and that tells you one of two things is going on a some shenanigans or b the market's not ready to go down yet and any news whether it's good bad or indifferent just isn't going to send the market down 
So early on, when price broke or the market broke certain price levels, we were talking about the gap. Early on, you see the 938 post, there's a gap at 274.10. Now, under normal garden variety conditions, there's a trade at the gap. We know the routine. Traders that have been around inside the numbers know the routine. The routine is this. If they go and get the gap and they shoot out of there quick, it's likely good meaning it was just a shakeout to get the weak hands out of the market. They run down, get the gap, they resume and go back up. Could a trader take a trade at the gap if he's willing to put on, or she, is willing to put on risk understanding where they're wrong? Where are you wrong? Much below the gap. Yeah, a lot of traders take the trade at the gap. Let's switch over to a chart and look at what happened. So everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. This is a five-minute chart. Here's the first candle of the day ending at 9.35. Remember that post was at 9.38. So that post is made somewhere in here in this candle. The low of that candle was 275.50. Traders had plenty of time to prepare for the gap. There are different kinds of traders out there. Some like to ride it down on a short trade into the gap some traders like to wait for the gap, buy the market, and look for the bounce. Both trades are correct. Certain trades give certain comfort levels to certain traders. I'm giving you the schematic. You can trade any way you like. What happened at the gap? It hits the gap at 9.50, and we have a nice bounce off the gap. But it wasn't the type of bounce that told you the lows were in, were good for the day, they're going to go and finally get green, make highs, all that kind of stuff. They really didn't trade away from the gap enough. They came back down. So the high here was 275.59. Now, don't mistake what I'm saying. It's about a 15 S&P handle bounce. That's a tremendous bounce, scalp trade. It's a great trade for those traders that were waiting for the gap with a long trade. What were they trading? The ES contract, options on the SPY, maybe SPXL, any number of different things. Maybe it was some stocks they were waiting on. Everything is going to get a bounce when the market gets a bounce. That's the way the market's been trading. It's all the same market. Now, I say everything with tongue-in-cheek. Not everything, but the majority of everything using the 80-20 rule. Don't take me so literally. Let's continue on with inside the numbers. The other thing I want to point out is 275. 275 was resistance. That was stated in the notes. And then 275 was resistance on the chart. And then later on in the afternoon, I'm just going to scroll up. You can stop the video whenever you like, read the notes, and then you'll pick up what I'm saying after the fact. But what I want to point out is later on in the day, what you'll notice is what we mentioned, this is after lunch. You'll notice we mentioned that if they go and get 275, again, this is later in the day, it's unlikely to be resistance like it was in the morning. It's an awareness. They were making a bearish, flaggish pattern. However, we know what can happen with those. It looks like the bearish, flaggish pattern is failing, and what they're really doing, and what they are or were, may still be doing in this case, is just creeping up toward the top end of the breakdown candle that was also cited in the notes many times. So what you want to do is, you want to understand where I'm coming from. How do you know where I'm coming from? Because everything I teach here, everything I teach in the course, and the difference between here and the course is, the course has the curtains pulled back. 
It's all the detail. When I say stuff like, time is more important than price, that sounds good on the surface, but if you take the course, you know what I'm talking about. You know how to use that information to your advantage. What does that mean? You know how to use it on the charts to make money. Moving right along. You can see the 275 starts to repeat over and over and over again. When you see a number that repeats over and over and over again, what does that tell you? It tells you the number is important. Let's continue scrolling. You really need to stop and you need to read some of this stuff because it's important information if you're in fact active during the trading day. You'll see this little hashtag down here, reading the tape. That's my own little thing. What I'm trying to indicate is some of this stuff comes from experience. Let's go back to the chart and let me show you what I'm talking about. Now we're on a 15-minute chart and there's that 274.10 again. We don't really need that. Let's focus in on something very specific. First, we should get to the right chart. We're using the hourly chart for this one. So we have a breakdown candle and we know what markets like to do. They like to test the highs of breakdown candles. So the high is 277.51. You might have seen that in the commentary three or four times. There's good reason for that. So what we're noticing is they're running in the bearish flaggish formation. We're also noticing that they're not breaking down as the day goes on. Doesn't mean they won't, but if they're not going to break down, we have to be aware of the other side, knowing that the volume was light in comparison to what it's been of late since we really picked up the volatility, you know, six weeks ago or so. It was a rather mundane slash quiet day. Path of least resistance in that kind of environment is not down, but it's up. You'll notice that's also in the commentary. And the fact that they like to go test the highs of these breakdown candles, we know that if they're starting to get sucked up over 275, they're going to try and run for the high of the breakdown candle, 277.51. They haven't got there yet. They may or may not get there in the morning, but that's pretty much what we had to watch out for. Any trader that was looking for the breakdown in the afternoon of the market had to be aware that if they started to go the other way, This is what was really going on. When you have a fundamental understanding, and I don't mean fundamentals like price earnings fundamentals, I mean fundamental understanding of what they're doing on the chart, you have less anxiety when you're in the trade. You have less anxiety getting into a trade and you have more confidence getting into a trade. Why? Because you know what they're likely doing using the 80-20 rule. Now, before... I mentioned shenanigans. Where does that come in? It starts to come in when we look over at our favorite market leading indicator, Camp IWM. If the SPY was down less than 1% today, the SPX cash index finished down 1%. Why was the IWM down 2.5%? We don't need to know why. All we need to know is that it was. It's our favorite market leading indicator. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. This is part of the shenanigans. Is this a rope-a-dope? It's a divergence. One thing is going to catch up with the other. On these divergences, either the SPY or the S&P 500, the Dow, the Qs, either they're going to come back down toward the IWM, and also you'll find the same scenario in the transports. Either they're going to catch up on the downside because these are leading indicators or the leading indicators was a bucket of shenanigans. They're going to turn around, catch up to the market as what? As the S&P 500 or the SPY is doing what? 
going up to the 50-period moving average discussed a few minutes ago. Those are simply our two options. Second favorite market leading indicator, first favorite canary in the coal mine, the transports or the transportation department. Almost 2.5%, very similar to the IWM. The IWM and the transports are basically in lockstep. Are they trying to tell us something? Puzzle pieces, they're on the table. I told you we were going to look at CAT. I almost forgot, but I'm not going to forget. I'm going to show you exactly what happened. So the price listed from Stocks on the Move was 119.05. That's the price. That's the entry target. At or below is where I'm looking to enter the trade. This is what I was talking about before. Here's a one-minute chart. Price comes into the 119, spikes through it a little bit. Minute later, it's up at a high of 120.05. Some traders are quick. They're able to take some profit. However, the stock came back down. Was I quick? Was I able to take profit? No. I ended up taking a ride on the L train. We had a stop loss listed, and it was rather tight. It was 118. It's an hourly stop, so if you waited for the hour to close, it was less than 118, but it is what it is. It was a losing trade. It's not a debacle. We have losing trades. We use the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, under normal garden variety market conditions, I'm going to get the destination right. 20% of the time, actually at present, it's 18.54% of the time, I'm going to get it wrong. That's the trading business. We're in the risk business. We have to be willing to assume some risk with the full and complete understanding that we're not going to win every trade. However, the mindset is entering a trade, we must have the confidence that every trade we step into will be a winning trade. We have the full and complete understanding that's not going to happen. But when we get into a trade, it's a winning trade. That's why we're getting in the trade. If you get into a trade with the fear that you're going to lose as soon as you get into the trade, what happens under normal garden variety market conditions is you get chased out of the trade with either a very, very small profit or a loss. The simple reason that happens is because you really have no idea why you're in the trade. Raise your hand if you've experienced that. I should get full participation. We've all experienced that. What about the cues? What's going on here? Talk about a strong horse. We have an up day up over 1% headed to where? Right to the 50 period moving average, maybe even higher. Is this a canary? Is this a tell? Is tech going to once again lift the market? Is it going to pull up the market by its bootstraps? Here's the hourly chart of the cues. Doesn't look anything like the SPY hourly chart. In fact, it looks bullish. It's above all the moving averages. There's nothing bearish on this chart. Closed above the high of the hourly breakdown candle, 202.60, up at 203.04. Nothing bearish on this chart. It's another puzzle piece, and it's on the table. We have divergences. When you have a bucket of divergences, what do you do until they're cleared up? Do you A, guess, or B, wait for them to clear up before doing anything? Right, it's B. A lot of traders try and anticipate something that's going to happen. They jump into a trade early. The thing doesn't happen. They end up in a bad trade. Now, instead of cutting and running, they're holding on and trading on what? Hopium. They're hoping the trade turns around and goes back in their direction. Truth be told, 
There really was no trade because they jumped the gun. This all goes part and parcel into you have to treat this as a business. Everything that's in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader is all the stuff that's wrapped up in a package on how we can treat this as a business. You put that together with these videos every single night, the third pillar of Inside the Numbers, what do you have? A recipe for success. Do I believe that? You bet your bottom dollar. Are traders making money using this approach? You bet your bottom dollar. Is it a process and is it going to happen overnight? Not necessarily. Everything's a process. It's a learning experience. There's a learning curve. You're not going to start trading tomorrow and make a million dollars on Wednesday. It doesn't work like that. We all know that. Sometimes it just has to be said. Are we getting any clues from the XLF? Not really. It was down on par, really more so than the IWM and the transports. When I say on par, meaning it's leading in the southern direction. So we put this in the, it's down, it's a market leading indicator. Not one of my favorites, but it's a market leading indicator nonetheless. The financials make up a tremendous portion of the S&P, so obviously they can't be ignored. But here's the awareness. We have two of the large financials reporting earnings tomorrow, Tuesday morning. JP Morgan and Wells Fargo. They can and normally will move the market. So what happened today in the XLF can certainly be taken back or reversed tomorrow based on how the market reacts. Notice how I don't say based on what their earnings were. Based on how the market reacts to whatever the earnings are. More divergence. Here's the socks. I meant to bring up the SMH. We'll go look at Smash Mouth. They're the same. Smash Mouth tracks the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. This is bullish underneath these moving averages. The fact that price has not been sufficiently rejected away from these moving averages, that tells the normal garden variety market analyst that's in tune with this that it's likely building energy to go higher. The Qs were up. The SMH is up. They're diverging from the IWM, the transports, the SPY, the Dow. What does all this tell us? It's a bucket of fun. It tells us things just aren't clear. We need more data. We need more data. We need more information. We'll get it tomorrow. Inside the Numbers members will be the first ones to find out. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That's true and accurate information. This is everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss today, so I will pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.